You're listening to the Vic 757 Podcast featuring Dwight and Michael Vic talking all things tech. What's going on, Hokie Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Vic 757 Show talking all things tech. I'm your host, All Big East. Offensive lineman and former captain of the Hokies, Dwight Vick, alongside me, my other host, Mike Vick, MV7, the great one, Heisman finalist and player of the year. Um, Because before we even jump into our Vick's viewpoints, man, I want to start this show off by congratulating you, man, on make, – make sure I get this right – ACC honors. You, yeah. Thomas Jones, a lot of you guys, some of the greats are going to be honored. You're getting into the – Inducted into the ACC Honors Group, um, nice, sort nice. of like the ACC Conference Hall of Fame type. Thing. So, congrats! Yeah. Even though we know we talked about this a month ago, right. you know we we played in the old Big East and we took pride in that. We're now right. in the ACC, so everything transfers over. But just share for Hokie Nation your thoughts on it because you're getting a lot of love on Twitter, Coach Prize. Right. You know you retweeted, he gave you a shout out. A lot of fans have been texting me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, just your thoughts on that, man. Well, I, I think it's a great honor. For one, it's not every day that you get inducted into any type of Hall of Fame, and I think that's amazing. Um, but I think this is to be shared amongst all the Hokies, man, uh, the fan base, you, coaches, everybody who was a contributor in just making Virginia Tech great. And uh, I just wanted to fill that void, man. I, I wanted to do my part. I wanted to be like Al Clark. I wanted to be like Jim Drunkenmiller. I wanted to be the best version of uh, of myself that I could be when I when I was on the field. And just in a short, um, I chose Virginia Tech, and Syracuse was in the running. And I I didn't choose Syracuse because I didn't want to be the first Don the, the next Donovan McNabb. I wanted to be the first Mike Vick, and uh, Virginia Tech gave me that opportunity to do that. Um, it wasn't easy. Uh, I had to go through the fire just like everybody else. I had to work for everything. I even had to battle Dave Meyer uh, to win the starting job as a freshman. And, and so um, it was a lot of work that I put into it. And uh, I thank God I got a lot out of it, man. So this for the Hokie Nation. Yeah, man, and I remember I had you on uh, almost a, a couple of years ago on the Victory Life Legacy Spotlight. And, I, and even though I was there for some of this, um, I recruited you to Tech. I didn't know until you said on my other pod that you had to beat out Dave Meyer. And I was looking at you like, what? You were like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were like, hey, you were like Dwight, a lot of people did not know. Bustle and them and Hyten Beamer said, you got to beat out Dave Meyer. And shout out to Dave Meyer because, you know, he, he was not a bum. You know what I'm saying? And you had to beat him out. And, I, you know, I had already moved on, so I assumed it was a foregone conclusion. Right. But, you know, respect to Coach Hyde and Beamer and, and Steinspring and Bustle for making you earn it. Because, you know, nowadays yeah. when you have pedigree and there's a height that precedes a player, it's a given. They, you know, they're going to be just pushed into that yep. starting job. But even yep. at that young age and all the talent you possess, they made you work that preseason to make sure you can lead Tech yep. to the promised land, and, and you did so. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that – I think just that experience having a battle, Dave, that got me ready for that season because all my focus is on just being great every day in practice, 
And uh, every day I walked in and looked at that depth chart, uh, and it was me and Dave, one and one, one A, one B. Uh, every day we we flip reps and we swapped. And uh, uh, man, after two weeks, the battle was won. I never forget. I made a run in practice um, on the Jaguar. Remember Jaguar was That's a speed, option. speed option, <laughs> and uh, it was a Jaguar, and I cut it up. And when I cut, it was like. It was nobody there. It was broad daylight, so that was one touchdown. Like in 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 the yellow jerseys and in, in the shirts, and um, and then it was another player. It was uh, you know, I hit Stokowski down the middle on I, I don't recall the play, but it was against a coverage that I wasn't supposed to throw this this pass on, and and so I had the arm strength and I had, you know, the the wherewithal to know where he was at. Like I shot it in a tight. And it was like something that just didn't happen. And uh, that Monday, I was I was one on a depth shot. And I knew why. It was because of those two plays and a lot of other things. But, man, you know, just through all these accolades and everything, I couldn't have did it without the guys around me, man. I really mean that. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you saying that. I know they watch our show and they appreciate it because I know when they were doing the um, your 30 for 30, um, Bohami Jones, I know you know Bohami from his work in the media. Yeah. Outspoken yeah. guy, very insightful. He made a comment about, like, you know, basically not dogging your teammates, but just saying, you know, it was all of the Michael Vick show. And there were a lot of people that were like, no, no, no. I saw it because I saw the Twitter in actions. And they were saying, look, you must not realize they had Corey Moore, Sharon Stiff, Andre Kendrick, Andre Davis. And I think when I watched a special on Beamer and I heard you speak about, you know, you and Shane both talked about the difference from 98 to 99. And you so eloquently said it was the players on the field. I mean, the yeah. thing about it is, and you also said, and I'm I'm quoting here, you know, we will go down as one of the best college football teams in college football history. You know, at least I'm yeah. paraphrasing. And right. you guys were like, I mean, you look at that defensive line. I know right now we're getting ready to talk about tech and facing off against Georgia Tech, but we got time. We Engelberger, Corey Moore, Carl Bradley, David Pugh, Ch Chad Beasley. Um, all those guys, um, even the younger, younger guys, man, Nate, oh yeah. my God, Nate, Nate, Pugh. Nate Williams, Pew, David nice. Pugh. I mean, the linebacker, Jamel Smith was an All-American. Mike Hawks, yeah. Dirty Mike, was an all-conference linebacker. Yeah. You're talking about Ike Charlton, Anthony Who's Richard, our safety? Who's our safety? Corey Bird, uh, Corey Bird. Corey Bird and, and then, you and know, Nick Ike And Nick and then, Nick and then even after Nick, Willie. The next yeah, year, Willie like, Pumbo. Like, so... <laughs> You know, and then on offense, man, we had a ton of guys too. But it, it, so I say this: if I was able to be Al, y'all year, we go further. We we still had a great year. I mean, but yeah, we not like what I say. The difference was, you know, you get a young, you know, quarterback freshman who was ready to ride and and just you know, and just was learning how to play the game around good players. Man, um, it's just a good mix. And, and so, yeah, I think the only difference between our team and, and and the 98 team was just the, the quarterback play. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say this, and I know what you mean, because Al, Al was a warrior. He missed about three yep. games that year, but when he was healthy, yep. we saw in the Music City Bowl, he was yeah. absolutely a beast. And I'll just say this. Yep. Um, when you talk about what you did in 99 and 2000, I think what happens is in the journey of preparing to win a championship, the journey to getting to greatness, you got to go through some heartbreaking adversity. I was talking to my son's yeah. basketball my son's basketball coach last year, Isaiah and them team went 26 and 0, and they lost in the state semis on a last minute three pointer 
to a team they had already beaten four times. And I remember like seeing my son and his teammates with tears in the eyes and the coaches and everybody were heartbroken. I said, listen to me, every championship team I've seen on all levels, there's a there's a maturation process, learning how to win. There's the steps, you the heartbreak. If you remember, and we're getting ready, Danny, we're gonna get to you, but if you remember in 98, you talk about heartbreak. Mike, you were there, you saw it. My senior year, UVA yeah. up 29 and seven. Syracuse up 21 points and Temple up 17. All teams we had, we were in complete control. And we win that, we obviously go undefeated and we were ranked and right. highly ranked. And But I think Beamer and you guys had to go through that. And even with you, Mike, you talk about the competition you had with Dave Meyer. I think even what you went through in Atlanta, you know, losing to McNabb in 04, when you came back to Philly years later, that maturation process, taking those bumps and bruises, when Dawkins yeah. hits you as you cross that goal line, those things yeah. you remember, they hurt, <laughs> literally and physically. But at the same time, they prepare you as you get older because you remember what yeah. to do in a certain coverage, what to do when you're yeah. down 10 in the four. You know, so those yeah. are those life lessons, man. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but it's Danny, amazing. Amazing you know, we were just talking about Mike being inducted into the ACC football honors, him and – um the other guys, they're going to be recognized on the ACC uh, championship weekend. I believe it's in Charlotte. But Mike was recognized, obviously. Coach Pro Hokie Nation is very ecstatic. Um, obviously, you know, we are Big East guys, but we are in the ACC. So this is an yeah. ACC honors, basically like the ACC Hall of Fame. Um, Danny, yeah, yeah, that's uh, dude, that is so des well deserved, Mike, and and congratulations to you, buddy. Great to be back with you guys. It's you, it's it's really it's really awesome, and I can't wait to to you know see all the pomp and circumstance, everything that comes with it. I, I of course Dwight is dropping life knowledge on on the podcast, man. That's just that's that's what I get every time I text him. He's the man. He's he's great for that. <laughs> no doubt. Absolutely. Always, I, I'm both of you guys, big brother, man. But Danny, before we jump on, the white God, the white God. Yeah, let me uh, let me give a shout out to one of our great sponsors, Hall of Fame Sports, sponsor this segment of Noakes Noakes Danny Noakes. Um, they put on the biggest show in Cooperstown, featuring all the baseball Hall of Famers. They do multiple events in New York and New Jersey with baseball and football biggest stars, and they bring athletes to events all over the country. Make sure you like and follow and subscribe to them on Hall of Fame signings, at Hall of Fame signings. And if you can't get to their events, you can just send them some information, check out how to ship them some paraphernalia to get signed. Um, obviously, um, it's not just about baseball, but it's a lot of different things you get done. Proud sponsor of the VIC 757 show. So, Danny, sure. um, we're back at it. Um, Virginia Tech teased us. They probably played arguably their best offensive game in the second half. Um, they were Man. on the road against a ranked NC State team, a team missing their starting quarterback, still their formidable opponent, and they had NC State on the ropes. And for for uh, probably a whole quarter in the third quarter, I was like, "Wow, we're about to get a signature win for Pry." And then ten false starts by the offensive line. Two fumbles on a kickoff return, although we recovered both, set us back mm -hmm. in bad field position. Uh, NC State showed more mental toughness, more discipline down the stretch, and they walked away with the win, 22-21. to 21. What are your thoughts on that, that tough loss for Tech, man? I think this one hurt a 
a little bit more than some of these other losses have this season. And it's it's funny to say that because I think we all going into this game didn't expect Virginia Tech to go on the road and beat a ranked team. But there they were in the middle to late third quarter with a 21 to three lead on an NC State team that had a 14 game home winning streak. And they end up putting 18, 19 points on the board to win and completing their largest comeback in 11 years. And what's also funny about this game, too, is if you turned it off at halftime, which I'm sure a lot of people did because it was an ugly first half, wasn't it, boys? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you turned that if you turned that half off, you would have said to yourself, man, this is uh, this is a, a really bad football game. But these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Their defenses right. aren't, aren't letting the, the opposing offenses do anything. And so for Virginia Tech to come out. Grant Wells hits, hits Caleb Smith on an 85-yard touchdown. All of a sudden, they're moving the ball for, for most of the third quarter. And you're thinking, where the heck does this been? Where where does this come from? NC State's a pretty good defense, even though they, they've been missing some guys, as, as was mentioned throughout the broadcast on both sides of the ball. I, I saw someone in their breakdown of this game mention how Virginia Tech is still trying to figure out how to win games, how to close out games. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that's just you know, unique to college football and and 18 to 21 year old kids. This happens in the NFL too. the Baltimore Ravens are are still trying to figure out how to close out teams on the regular. They've they've let two games slip away earlier in the season. They're playing a little bit better now. But the point is, it's not limited to, to just college players that this happens to. But that being said, Virginia Tech is definitely in that position right now where they're still trying to figure that out. It's not that they're a young team, but they're a team that never really learned how to in crunch time when the going gets tough, when adversity strikes to, to weather that storm and to overcome it. NC state is a team that was better prepared to do that. And I think that's exactly what you saw in that game on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just say this. I'm with Danny. I, I think this probably was one of the toughest. Cause I mean, and when we was at the half, it was what? Three, nothing. Yep. I was like, the game can only get better from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He came out smoking and I was just like, I was just so happy for coach pride and just in that moment. And then I had to take a step back too and realize like, all right, this game is not over. And then I just felt the momentum shifting, but all in all, I still, it's something I take away from that game. You, Sometimes you learn a lot in your losses, and I think this might be a game where they learn a lot in their losses because, look, we was right there, yep. mistake here, mistake there, clean that up, and next this week should be a lot better. I, I expect that's – who we got this week? Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Georgia like, Tech at home, they're down, to their, they're down to their second and third string quarterback. They, they got blown out by Florida State. The talented yeah. quarterback they have, I forgot his name, his name is Davidson, but he's injured and Sims. he's not playing. Yeah. Sims. 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 So kind of a blessing for us. I don't wish injury on anyone, but their second stringer got benched against Florida State. They run the ball 75% of the time, and their third stringer is very inexperienced. And I'm like you, you know, I, I think, you know, Tech learned a lot. I will say this, Danny, and and, and I want you to, to elaborate on this. You know, fans obviously are impatient because, you know, we're fans, and, you know, we want to win, and you yeah. want to see Tech get over the hump, even though this is clearly a rebuilding year. I was asked about, you know, there were 10 pre-snap penalties by the offense, seven by the O-line. Each offensive lineman had a, a, a false start. Then you had a couple of receivers and the quarterback, whatever. The mm-hmm. bottom line is this, and Mike says this on his own show alongside me, his co-host. This is on the players. And if I'm a senior right now, you got a, believe it or not, 
you got games left where if you win these next four against all winnable games, it's nothing's going to be easy because you got to scratch and claw. You have winnable games where you can finish six and six. And if I'm a young guy or if I'm in the two deep and I'm playing, I'm going to play for Dax and these guys that this is it. If you're a senior, you got to lay it all out because as you and Mike, we've all said, your career, no matter what, if you get you go in the late rounds or you're a free agent, it could be over in any day after your college season. You know, yeah. but Danny, when you look at tech, do you agree that this some uh, we could talk about Pry and Bowen and Marv and Pearson Prelo and all the coaching and JC, but do you think the players have to be more disciplined and step up? Absolutely. You know, at, at some point it, it, it goes beyond the coaches, right? And and their ability to put guys in the right positions and to scheme up what's best going to work for them on, on any given Saturday. But then you get to the games and it's up to the players to execute, right? And this isn't an instance, right? 13 total penalties. You mentioned the 10 false starts, Dwight, five of them in the first quarter. It's not like those are bad players, right? They're not false they're not they're not jumping off sides and, and false making false start penalties because they're bad that's just a lack of focus it's a little bit of fear it's a little bit of nerves and i think a lot of that comes back to what i was saying earlier and that this is a team that is still trying to figure out how to win and there's a lot that goes into that you know we've talked a lot about building culture and how that's not something that a happens overnight or b really happens in in a single year you know i i i, I want to reference a, a, one of our guys, Pete, who I think is a, a co-host on the Too Deep podcast. And we have a lot of great podcasters in the Virginia Tech podcast sphere. But he tweeted out a, he tweeted out the records of first year head coaches in the ACC and without any other context. Right. The top two guys were Justin Fuente at six and two mm-hmm. and Dabo mm-hmm. Swinney at six and mm-hmm. two. Right mm-hmm. now you go down to the bottom of the list, though, and you have names like Bronco Mendenhall. Dave Clawson, Dave Doran, David Cutcliffe, right? David Cutcliffe's no longer at Duke, but he got that program back to a point that they had never been to in a very long time, right? You had to go back to the Steve Spurrier days to, to get that. And so what, what, what's the point of me bringing that up? Well, you don't know a whole lot about a coach or his staff after one year, right? You need, to, you need a little bit more to figure that out. Fuente's first year looked great. Now what, right? Dave Clawson and, and Wake Forest had a terrible first year, won one game in the ACC. Now look at them. They're, they're yeah. maybe the only team that can stand toe-to-toe with Clemson right now. So I, I, I just try I, – I, I get where the, the frustration in the fan base is and the impatience because this is a really difficult product to watch right now. I mean, it's the worst Virginia Tech team that of my lifetime. I'm about to turn 30 next year. It's by far the worst team that I've that I've watched before. But you're you're right about this. There there needs to be some some own it with the players here. And they they have to come out and and you know, focus is one thing, but you you just gotta let it all hang out at some point and leave it all on the field because like you said, Dwight, guys like Dax are are coming down to their final four games of their college career, you may or may not have a bowl game. And right now it certainly doesn't look like they've got that. So it, there's definitely a fair bit of, of the coaching staff to blame here, but it's, it's been no secret, man. We've been talking about it all season long. Everybody shares some of this blame. Yeah. yeah you're right about that. Dwight, I'm glad you brought this up because I just mentioned Danny, before you got on, I was sharing a story with Dwight about my battle with uh, Dave Meyer and, mm-hmm. 
when you talk about players kind of overcoming coaching, not really overcoming coaching, but, you know, like when I talked to the, this team over the summer, I, I tried to keep my message simple. It, and it was about preparation and making sure that you're just ready for anything. You know, they're at the age where their brains are developed to understand football on a lot of different levels. And, you know, I, I mentioned I made a play in the scrimmage that was outside of the read, totally outside of the read. I'm a 19-year-old freshman right. in a battle and, and doing some things that was just instinctive and reactive and um, made an made amazing play. Yeah. But that wasn't the way coach coached it up. Right. You know, and sometimes, you know, even as I got older, I took pride in, not always going outside of the box and mm-hmm. within the play or the concept, but sometimes if they try to trick me, I'm, I'm prepared for something backside. I'm going to hit this router. And when we get in the meeting room, Coach, he's like, yo, I didn't know you was looking at or you was thinking about that. Yeah, Coach, I, I understand the offense. So, yes, sometimes you just got to gotta overcome the coaching and help your coaches out. You know, they, they can only do but so much. When we get on the field, the way you know, it's up to us, man. Yeah, it is. And, and, and you know, I, I, like I look at a guy like Connor and Connor was laying the wood. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was hitting people. Um, you know, a lot of guys would, would, you know, that whole thing, like when they're trying hard, they're playing hard. There were a lot of guys playing hard. The defense, as you mentioned, Danny, was giving it. Yeah, I think to Mike's point, and this is not about recruit or rankings or, or football IQ. I think what it comes down, and this is, I know sometimes fans think it's corny, but I look, I think about like want to, and like what Mike referenced, like just making a play. Like I must, and I give, I give my 16 year old son Isaiah a lot of credit because he's a hooper and he, he's in the midst of competition and, and getting interest from schools. And we talk all the time. He, and we went to the ODU game, and I may have mentioned on this show or maybe another radio show I was on. And he's like, yo, dad, for real, they got to make game winning plays. And I was like, and that's that's been resonating with me the whole season because yeah. in that fourth quarter when they were driving to take the lead we dropped a pick and that same pick dropping happened against ODU where we dropped four picks and it happened against West Virginia and when they muffed up in the third quarter when they got the ball they muffed the pump we had two chances to get it and we didn't that's not on pride Pearson JC or Marv or coach Cheetah that mm-hmm. is on the players, and this is not calling them out. If they were all in front of us right now, I would tell them, make a play. At Georgia Tech one year, I wasn't with Mike in it, but Mike and Terrell Parham and all them, because Mike was in Atlanta at the time, Georgia Tech was playing, hosting Virginia Tech, and we were down there playing them, and they jumped on us, Reggie Ball and company. And Bema said, Bema said, they said, Coach Bema, what'd you say to your team? And he said, I didn't say nothing. He said, Mike and them started talking to the players. All of a sudden, chairs are flying. Everybody's going crazy. And they came <laughs> out. And Xavier, DB, Eddie Royal, everybody made plays. Now, fans are listening saying, wait a minute, Danny Noakes, Mike Vick. You just mentioned Eddie Royal and, and, and Xavier, DB. I know those now viewed as hokey greats, but they became hokey greats because they chose to make a play. Mm -hmm. They they chose to be legendary, to be historic. So enough with my motivational talk, Danny. Right now, if you're talking to, you know, I know you're not, that's not your role, but if you're talking, just breaking down the mindset, you know, that you got one more game at home against UVA, but we host Georgia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech players, man, in order to beat a team, because both teams can win this game. Georgia Tech is limping in here, but so is Tech. What does Virginia Tech need to do as far as, you know, making plays? What do they need to do as far as executing, you know, building off that 
second half performance against NC State in the third quarter where they took the lead. You know, you had those two big passes. What does Grant Wells and company, I'm more so the offense, have to do to get this done? What they need to do, and this is going to sound really cliche, but it's something that I think we've all heard at different points throughout our lives and our careers, but it, it resonated with me. And the guy that gets attributed this quote or this mentality more than anybody seems to be Bill Belichick. And I think that they just need to go out and everyone needs to do their jobs, right? Grant Wells needs to not worry about what, well, it's a little bit different with the quarterback position, right, Mike? Because you're, yeah. you're kind of concerned with where everybody's lined up and ensuring that they're executing. So maybe that was actually a bad place to start. But, okay, if Malachi Thomas isn't going to play this week and you're Keyshawn King, you come in, and he's also questionable to play this week. You come in, you worry about doing your job. You execute your run plays. You hit that hole with all the vigor that you have, right? You got to do your job. Dax Hollifield, inside linebacker, another captain of the defense, you got to try and get those guys ready, keep them aligned and, and certainly in the right place. But at the end of the day, do your job, right? And that's not a criticism at either of those guys because those have been two of the, the lone bright spots on, on each of their respective sides of the ball this year. But that's what I think it comes back to doing, doing your job. We've talked about how it, it has to be on the players at some point to execute this. I almost forgot about all of the muffed punts and kicks that we saw on Thursday night. And you're exactly right. Brent Pry. Bowen, all of those guys, Pearson, they, they can't go out there and and show and physically catch the ball for you. They can't keep you from jumping offside. You got to go out there and do it. And so everybody needs to do their job, stay focused and limit the mistakes because we talked about the penalties. But there have also been, you know, they let Thayer Thomas get deep and, and get loose behind the secondary several times for NC State to go over the top a couple of times in that game. So the secondary shore that up. I've been looking at some of the statistics and I've got the notes right here on paper. Virginia Tech has several advantages in this game. And, you know, Georgia Tech, whether or not Sims plays, I think he's actually been practicing this week. I don't think there's any definitive way one one or another uh, which they're leaning right now. I think it's still kind of a toss up. But Georgia Tech is a team, like you said, Dwight, they're going to run the ball a lot. You have to limit the big plays and you have to stop the run. Virginia Tech's been pretty good at stopping the run this season. And and that needs to continue. And I expect it to, actually. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of it, there's a lack of confidence going into this game, not just from the, the, the players, I think, but but from the fans and, and the media. I watched, I, I was reading the Tech sideline game preview like I've been doing for almost, 10 years now at this point, because I, I just I really like the way that they preview the games. All three of them picked Georgia Tech to win this game. Virginia mm -hmm. Tech is, is better in not by much in every statistical category uh, and, and on paper in pretty much every way. It's Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, UVA, Boston College duking it out for the worst team in the ACC this year. But on paper, Ho Hokies have a lot of advantages. Dang. So I, I expect them to exploit those advantages at home and come out and, and limit some of these mistakes that they've been doing. Now they've got a chance to do it at home in front of their home crowd. So that's a, a lot that needs to get accomplished. And it, it can obviously be easier said than done. And then you make sure you're looking at the next great quarterback right here, man. Hopefully. There he yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hey. I'm, I'm babysitting, right? I'm multitasking. I'm babysitting, baby boy. And it's and, all uh, good. Having, having a good time with you guys. So let's keep this show rolling. Yeah. You know, a day in the good. life of a dad, right? I know, right? You know, yeah. it's all good, yeah. man. Hey, yeah. listen, Daddy. You know before, before, before I let you go, before I let you go, Daddy, I'm going to just yeah. say this too. Fans yeah. have been hitting me up asking me I what I would do 
if I, uh -huh. you know, how many times did I jump off sides? How many false starts did I have? You know, it's funny. I had to go back. I said one. It's actually in my career at Tech, in my four years of playing, I was, you know, two-year starter, four-year letterman, whatever. I had my first actual game action was against Navy. Jim Drunkenman was the quarterback. It was in Annapolis, Maryland. We were on the road, the 95 Sugar Bowl team. And I backed up Chris Malone, and Coach Browns put me in for a series just to give me some reps. And my first start, my first, excuse me, action, I fall started. I knew the snap. I knew what I had, but I wasn't sure of myself. <laughs> then years later, my senior year against East Carolina, we were up 38-7, to and I fall started. And it was late in the game. And that was just because I was thinking about what I was going to do later, and I wasn't focused. It had nothing to do with Steinspring or Coach Grimes. It was on me. Mm -hmm. And it was not about what we didn't cover. I only had two false starts my whole career, but I remember both of them because it was focus and discipline. And you can do reps all day. So this comes down to a lot of this stuff is on the players. Now, you can you can analyze play calling with Tyler Bowen and personnel groupings, but Grant Wells, as Mike challenged him, you know, indirectly on our show about two months ago, I feel like last week against NC State in the second half, they gave him a chance to respond. And he made some great throws. So I'm, I'm rooting for those guys. Obviously, we all are. So, Danny, we appreciate you coming on. I will say this. I don't know if you have a show this week with 106.7 The Fan DC because up here in the DC area, you know, it is going crazy because Daniel Snyder allegedly – is about to part ways with the Washington Commanders. So I don't know if you it's a <laughs> day up. Then look, you can't see it, ladies and gentlemen, listening on Spotify, or even y'all watching on YouTube, but I'm in the DMV. And right now, that is the number one story over the weather, politics. <laughs> they up here getting ready to do a potential parade if that happens. So yep. hey, let us know when you get back on on Twitter, man. Yeah, I, I definitely will. And I do have a show this Friday from 630 to 9 p.m. Okay. Just coming off of the uh, the technical difficulties that we had last week. So I'm sorry we weren't able to catch up last week, buddy. But I promise you we will do it again soon. And yes, I will be not only celebrating, potentially popping a little bit of champagne tonight as we have the news that Snyder's probably going to sell the team. You know, that comes with the report that came out this afternoon, too. They're, they opened up another investigation into the commander's financial improprieties. But, uh, yeah, and, and as, I, as I leave the, the door or walk out here, gentlemen, Virginia Tech, number 47 total defense, Georgia Tech, 107 total defense. And the place to attack the place that Georgia Tech is probably going to attack them is through the air because Virginia Tech knows that the run is coming. Virginia Tech is better at stopping the run. Georgia Tech has some big wide receivers. They got to limit the big plays. So that's that's my last two cents on this one, boys. Great work, Danny. We appreciate you as always, man. You and money, man. That's Danny Noakes, 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 sponsored by Hall of Fame Signers, man. Enjoy your week. You guys listening or watching, make sure you support him and check him out on Spotify. I mean, excuse me, on 1067 The Fan. We're on Spotify. So we appreciate you if you're listening, man. Um, we, are, we are flying by, man. We are getting ready to welcome on one of uh, our, our uh, former player Hokie Way Spotlights guests, one of the all-time greats in Virginia Tech football history. I am so excited to have him on. He's been a few of our uh, Hokie trivia questions, answers. He is unanimous All-American from the 757, a 6'5", safety slash corner ah, former Atlanta ah. Falcons. J-Dub, Jimmy Williams joins us, man, on the Vic 757 show, man. My God. J-Dub. <laughs>
Tell him stand up, seven. You know. Oh man, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's an honor, man. It's a, oh my god, I'm about to fan out right now. Hey, I see you. With, I see you with John Belen. What was you waiting? Look, 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 look. I'm about to fan out right now. Oh my gosh, I got my big bro. Look, I'm sorry, bro. I've been in touch with you. I've been talking to you, but I'm sorry, nah, but yo, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a it's a pleasure to be on the plateau with you, Mr. Sunday. You still on Sundays, you dig? No doubt. Yeah, 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 Jimmy, he up there looking sharp and listen, looking at Brent, Brent's mom. I'm like, yo, Mike, look, look, somebody said, yo, who is this Taylor? He is icy every Sunday. Look, look. I've been trying to get a job since I ain't had no job. You dig? You know what I'm saying? I call them all the time. You know what I'm saying? But listen, it's just an honor to be up here with y'all, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just Jimmy, standing out you, looking hey, at Jimmy, you. Jimmy, you, I know you've been watching Tech, man. What's your thoughts on the, on the latest? I ain't, listen, listen, listen. I'm going to keep it 100. I ain't even know the last coach was fired. Listen. You know what I'm saying? But look, I just stepped in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I just stepped in the building as of Monday. And I'm back yeah. out here in Gonzaga. I'm back out here in Spokane already. Yeah, I was with I was with Belen and Bruce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I see. I see JP. I mean, uh, Price in the building. I remember when he came back and did the GA when I was a freshman. Yep. Yeah, I remember seeing them during my four years come back and get back in the fold. Oh, you know, what I'm I almost cried seeing X. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just because yeah. I know, you know, I had a hand in getting him to come up there. You know what I'm saying? That boy right. could have went to Penn State. He could, I mean, we, you know what I'm saying? We we all could have went to different places. So Alice, oh, yeah. Porter, you know, all them boys, especially to see X up there to get all them boys. I feel like I kind of started something. Mike, Mike had the boys on the on the cross the water in Newport News coming. Us Hampton boys was UVA. We supposed to be Wahoo. I went and seen Biscuit too. Yeah, I went. You know, I had to go down there and touch them and touch their coaches. Down, you know, I'm trying to get a job, so I'm reaching. You know what I'm saying? I'm reaching, but yeah, yeah. no doubt. You keep going. It'll happen for you. Before we get into it, Jimmy. Jimmy, Before we get into it, let me let me make sure because you're you're on here, courtesy of the Hokie Way Foundation. Man, Hokie Way uh, will raise funds to support charitable organizations across the Commonwealth through the active engagement of Virginia Tech student athletes who wish to use their names, image, and likeness. NIL to advance the work of charitable organizations. Um, Commonwealth, NIL, and the Hokie Way sponsor the Hokie Player Spotlight, which is my guy, one of the best to ever do it, Jimmy Williams. Listen, Jimmy. I'm glad they're doing that. I'm glad they're doing that, you know what I'm saying? Because it makes me want to go back and do another five or six year right now at 38 and see if I can get the... Uh, <laughs> If I can get a double big chick sponsor with a special sauce and cheese. <laughs> you know, Jimmy, you know I had to get one of those. Yeah, no, no yeah. doubt. Jimmy, you were talking, yeah. you and I, you and I, obviously, man, I remember when you and Mark were roommates and me and my wife came back to visit y'all. I remember you at Hampton and at Bethel. Um, I, as you call me the OG, um, you were one of my favorite DBs. I used to talk about you all the time. You and I talked a lot these last couple of days on the courtesy of our, our mutual brother, DJ Parker, who's been on the on this show. And I just wanted to have you on because you won all-time greats. And, you know, you're a low-key guy, a lot like Antonio Freeman. You know, you kind of stay away from the spotlight. But you, Pearson Prelo, who's the safeties coach at Virginia Tech, said to me, I was, you know, because we're working on getting him on. And he said, yo, J-Dub was in the building, Big Vic. And I said, for real? He said, as soon as he got to Tech, the energy went up. And I was like, he's like, yo, Pearson was like, it was just great to have him back. And I feel the same way 
because prior is making an effort to get us all back. I'm talking about going back to the 80s and 70s. And just talk about right now. And I, I'm giving you the, you know, Mike and I give you a chance. I know you've grown. We all grown. But just talk about your legacy at Tech because you came in and the moment you stepped on, I mean, you you came with it. You talked about Kavanaugh getting you there and how you just came in and made a name for yourself. But in your own words, what was it like, man, to be part of that DBU legacy and and, and the brotherhood at Virginia Tech? It's funny, man. It's a long story, but to make it short, Coach Cav was was. I mean, I was pretty good at basketball. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. the basketball cats, I couldn't really, I couldn't really walk with them because they was. I always been a Scotty Pippen, man. You know what I'm saying? When I was younger and everything, we was in high school. I wasn't Jordan until senior year when I had to be Jordan. But I was Scotty. Yeah. So they couldn't – I would get in fights after games. I'm going to just keep it 100 with you. <laughs> we lose. We better lose by, like, under 10. You know what I'm saying? Cats better make it going down. We Yeah, yeah. We better be pushing up full court. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's me. So yeah. choosing football, Coach Cav was one of the only cats that was rocking with me because um, I I ain't a great test taker. Even now, I know the material, but when the anxiety with this test come about, I'm gonna, I might bomb it real bad too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I couldn't pass the SAT. You know what I'm saying? And so Coach Cav was just like, and it's funny because Switching high schools from Hampton to Bethel with Smitty, you know, that's a whole nother story. It's a whole nother episode. Yeah, you get what I'm saying in itself. And so, um, and I appreciate Coach Smith, yo, Coach Man, you know what I'm saying? The Craig, I'm a, I was a crab for three years, but he was the only one that was calling on me. You know what I'm saying? I remember taking the visit on the little small plane after a basketball game on a Friday night. So really, you know, I get there like Saturday and Vegas and all of them and, and D Hall show me, but he was the only one man that kept it 100, man. Cause Cav kept it 100. And when I talked to Whammy and people don't know the story of even getting to play, if Eric Green doesn't tear his ACL up, I might not get to play as a true freshman. I might not even come. You, you know what I'm saying? To keep yeah. it 100, I might not even come. And Vinny Fuller, shout out to the Fuller boys because they've been repping D Block. They keeping us on the map. They Fuller still in the game. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So shout out to them. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm fanning out over them too and telling people like, yo, I know I don't, I ain't spoke to them. I don't know them, but they know me and I know they brothers. So, but yeah, and them boys got hurt, man. And I came on that visit, man. You know what I'm saying? You know it was some other stuff. Hey, you know, you know yeah. how at that time it was going hey, down hey, in the bird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. <laughs> you, know, you know it was going down to the bird. Yeah, we won't talk about that. We had the time all that. I know. No, look, I know you time. have to. I just want you. I just want you to flip the screen so I can see your face. Cause you <laughs> and look and tell Roddy not to get on the set, but tell Roddy I just need I need a hug, man. It's so good. Yeah, man. I know. So I know. Hey, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. For everybody listening and watching, <laughs> man. Um, you know, Jimmy and Jimmy and Roddy White used to get into it in practice, and man, and they was both my young boys. Like Jimmy, we was my shopping man in the Virginia stores, Tech. man. We was just look, yeah, we was shopping and, and Roddy, and Roddy was, was young, young, and it's love, young, and it rookie. was love there, and man. Yeah, it was love. It's love. Listen, the White. It was love 
It was love. It was love, though. We were sworn sworn enemies because he received I'm a DB. You know what I'm saying? So it's sworn enemies. But anyways, I came on that visit, and they was like, you come right now. You you know how Whammy talked to me, brother? We come right now. You know what I'm saying? You back up right now. And when he told me that, and see, me and Mark was already fanning out on each other, and it was basketball season. I want to say Mark was just at the game because he was like, damn, you should have told me. I'd have took my visit when you did. And I'm like, yo, you go to the visits with all Probably the good that that didn't happen. Probably good that y'all went on separate visits. I would say that. Every time he was with me, we, he was in the cliffs. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Every time he was with me, baby, we was in the cliffs. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, um, hey, Jimmy, let me ask you this, though. What uh, receivers you remember facing when you was playing, like, in all your four years, like who you remember that might have landed on on the big stage in the NFL, or a guy that just was out there giving maybe y'all work, or you know, putting listen, in that man. work. Listen, listen, tell me somebody, Floyd, Fitzgerald. Listen, Floyd, listen, listen, listen. I'm gonna go back. It's only been two. It's only really been about two receivers that I say in my four years at Tech that I had to put my big boy pants on. Bright lights or accept the challenge. And that's Fitzgerald when we was in the Big East and Calvin, you know what I'm saying? And Calvin, my senior year, yo, Calvin, Calvin lit me up. Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Calvin, listen, Calvin, I ain't going to say he lit me up, but he had three big plays. And, you know, as a senior coming back, that's one of them games where I'm so anxious. I couldn't, I couldn't idle it down enough to lock in and make simple plays with him that could have really, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he he had, he had the, the best he had the best day. Uh, my senior year, I only gave up like two touchdowns. One was like on the on the goal line ISO in West Virginia. I can't remember his name, but I had just smashed him. I had just smashed the tailback to play before, filling the hole, backside corner on the backside formation. Yeah. You you know how that be? That's real down yeah. there too. So yeah, yeah, you know I'm in the trenches. So they did it again, and I bit to a little too hard. You know what I'm saying? I, right. so I knew I had to get in there. I bit a little too hard. And it got me. Right. And, Calvin, and Calvin got one foot in the back of Lane Stadium. We beat them like 51 to 7. Yeah. The two times I got beat my senior year, it was Will Blackman's birthday, and he caught one of them back shoulders fall in the end zone birthday. We That was the only touchdown yeah. that they scored that game, too. So I don't really feel bad. I, I was hot. I was hot them nights. I ain't yeah. going to sleep for a while, but you know, yeah, those, yeah. but 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 fit but fits and, and Calvin, of course, bro, and Reggie, Reggie, the only one that beat me my junior year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I gambled on that, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Them the only cats that ever beat me in college, so you know they go get the utmost respect. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy, but everybody Jimmy. else pretty much stayed away, bro. Florida State Jimmy. tried me. <laughs> yeah, they did. But you, but look, you know, I remember I watched. I remember the pick against Maryland. Uh, you took to the house. And we won fifty-five to seven in Blacksburg when Beamer's mom died, and he played his best friend Ralph Friedgen. I remember all this stuff. I remember um, you and I talked about this earlier today. Um, you know when you got falsely ejected, and I'm gonna just say this on the record: you and I talked about it. Um, you know you got falsely ejected again in the Gator Bowl against uh, Louisville, um, and uh, you know uh, Brandon Flowers came in and held it down. The NCAA later sent you a letter to you and your mom, your family, letting you know that you were falsely ejected, according to what you told me. And 
you know, you always play with that edge. Even right now, Pearson said you had energy when you came in the building, you got energy now. I feel like that made you one of the best DBs in tech history, that edge, that energy you played with. You always had that. Um, how, what are you doing now in regards? Because as football players, you know, my family teases me because we always want to compete. We still have to. We know, like Mike joked about on his daughter's birthday, you can't come home trying to run the offense in your living room. We got to be, you know, <laughs> we got to be different. So, you know, what do you do now to scratch that competitive itch? You know what I mean? Oh, I'm still hooping. You know what I'm saying? I'm still right. basketball. Okay. I ain't dunking or nothing, but you know, I'm an electrician <laughs> right now. So when I get my day, when I get my days off and stuff, I'm in there hooping. But that's why I'm trying to get back in the game. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like bond with Spectra. You know what I'm saying? I had to step away from the game and completely remove myself. Everything, women, you know what I'm saying, money, stature, fame, the game, you know what I'm saying, yeah. completely remove myself. But I see the game need me. You know what I'm saying? I'm with the game been missing. So, you know, anywhere I could get on, I'm telling you instantly, that's what you're going to get from me. You're going to get the energy. You'll get the knowledge. And I'm trying to help people and athletes full circle. Like, I want their parents to be their publicists and managers because it's able for them to do that now. You see what I'm saying? They've been brokering mm -hmm. the deals. Yo mama Mike been talking to the people, you know what I'm saying? She was rubbing elbows with these people. So when you see, La you know, Lamar Jackson now, let's say it's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, they're going to hear all the backlash and yeah. talk bad about it. But see, that's, when you're the first one doing something, baby, that's how it be. You got to you gotta yeah. keep that on your shoulders. And that's the one thing, like, fanning out and watching you, you know, even with me and your relationship. Like, people don't know, you know what I'm saying? You love my brother more than you love me. Your relationship with my brother, you know what I'm saying, yeah. is was, I was, was telling strong. Big Vic, I was like, yo, that mean Mike used to, we after the game, because we sharing lockers, we, me and you, people don't know me and you, rooming on road games and all that, you know what I'm saying? So Pitt come in the locker room after the game and you leave, he walking out with you. You know what I'm saying? D-Hall tapping me like, yo, where Pitt going? I'm like, yo, he going with 70. You know, I don't know what they on. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. You know, just a different relationship. So I'm trying to bring it full circle, man, so these players know they can trust their family, you know. You know, just outside yeah. of football, too, you know. Me and you, we come from areas where to go back home, we could be in situations that they be like, yo, $125 million man shouldn't be. And it's like, yo, this is home, though. My cousin yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah, I graduated right there. You know what I'm Spam. saying? When something, when something, when, yeah, but when something happened, they like, oh, you shouldn't have been there. And it's just like, yo, like, where else I'm supposed to go? Yeah, you know where I'm supposed yeah. to go. So I want to get these players, these athletes, you know, what I'm saying to let them know, yo, these you can be safe at all times. We definitely, you know, with me, I'm gonna make sure we're gonna have fun, but we got to put the discipline and the time in. So like. That's the thing that I'm starting to tell athletes. And I'm branching out, too. I got I got a cat that got a brother that go to Tech, but he running NC State. You know what I'm saying? Just just, just love mentoring. And you know me, I, yeah. ain't, I, ain't, I ain't even in it for the, for the yeah. fame and the You're glory and back. all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting, I always been gave back, you know what I'm saying, on my terms where it's just free knowledge. Right. Mm -hmm. And listen, I ain't perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't... Uh, you know, I never made many mistakes, so that's why I be wanting to talk because I made many mistakes, and people don't understand this window nowadays, man. And see, it's right. crazy because I remember having a conversation with Mike in the club one time. He like Jimmy, you know what I'm saying? 
I'm like, seven, they know you. They don't know me. They think you're <laughs> part of the entourage. You get what I'm saying? Until I take these shades they don't know. J-Dub, let me ask you this. You were recently at Tech. And, um, yeah. you know, I talked to DJ and I talked to you the last couple of days. You know, I love the fact that you're talking about now giving back and getting engaged and, and helping these youngins out because I think that's more impactful than all the NIL and all the other stuff because that stuff can yeah. come and go. Will you will you, will you, you be making an effort to, you know, because I talk to a lot of guys, you know, I'm well connected. Will you, I know you're busy, but will you try to get back, you know, to Tech because Mike was up there, he spoke? Because I think those those kind of conversations to the kids there, not just at Tech, but even the kid at Norfolk State, are you, but as far as Blacksburg is concerned, will you make it an effort to try to get back here and there to talk to the Listen, you know, bro, I'm trying stuff? to, yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, man, look, I came out here in 14 playing arena ball. And then in, in, in New Orleans, I went to New Orleans. I got traded in New Orleans. New Orleans was cool, but they had no coach. They wanted me to coach then. At that time, I was trying to still trying to get back in, but then also being also, man, my body getting tired, man. I'm getting old, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I had the James Bonnet. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it, I'm a big Bond fan. I'm Bond. Seven, no, I've been talking about him. The cause was black. I've been on this Bond thing forever. So, you know, the new movies now got me re-engaged. It got me, you know, they put the Energizer. But coming back home these last couple of summers, man, just touching the water, man. You know what I'm saying? Seeing Rouse in the position he in. I knew that yeah. with him. That ain't no surprise to me with him, with that. You know what I'm saying? Just getting hugged. The first time I came home, I cried the whole time after I seen everybody. Everybody I seen, I was just crying. Hi, Mo. You know what I'm saying? I was just crying. You know what I'm saying? I was just really yeah. emotional. And then this next time coming back this past summer, you know what I'm saying? I got to touch the people, you know what I'm saying? Then coming back this time, like, I came up there. Shouts out to Irene Leach. She the lady that put me back in the game as far as getting closer to my degree. Sarah Armstrong working in the in the department. These are the people that brought me back to tech. Those two people, they brought me back to tech. I came to see them. I ain't come to see the football team. And then, like I said, I ain't even been following it. I'll keep it 100. After I lost a couple big monies with you in the locker, Room in 06 and 07. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then I got suspended and then I was out. You know what I'm saying? The only cat that I really remember out the D block after after Macho and Dot, besides uh Morgan, because he wore number two, was the boy uh I think Hosley or something. And he hey, was Ron. getting picks. And that's, and that's why I remember him, because I think he got more picks than me now. So, of course, you're going to mm -hmm. remember him. You know what I'm saying? I got better yeah. stats than you in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and I seen his picture when I just seen it. So, you know. Um, and J-Dub, J-Dub, just make sure you, you clarify, because I think this is very impressive and it's very good. Listen, you man. Only, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're only two, you're only two credits away from finishing. Getting yeah. Your degree, right? Yeah, two yeah, credits. Yeah. Nice. And I'm doing double. I'm doing doing. I'm doing double school. I've been doing double school now for like a year and a half because I got my electrician. You know, what I'm saying so I can put some speakers and some security in y'all homes and stuff like that. Like that's what I'm doing. That's gonna be a little sad. That's my oh, yeah. little side. I can the pass to the sons. You know what I'm saying? I can pass to the sons. You know what I'm saying? And we, yeah. they can act like they working and feel like they doing something. And I ain't just yeah, handing them the money, great. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, so, yeah. but that's that's, great. that's all I want to do, man. I, you know what I'm saying? I just want to – and see, the coaching thing, I want to do it. Seven, I don't know if I can take a six 
a three and nine season the cats is because like I'm gonna keep it real with you, seven. I'm gonna keep it real with you, big big. I'm gonna keep it real. I walked in the building, it was real quiet. When I played, win, lose, a draw, it's loud. We talking, yeah. And if we losing, cats is walking around with the attitude. We fighting each other. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think the game is kind of a little watered down now, and that's why I was telling Palo and them. I was like, yo, we got to revitalize the defense and change some schemes up. Like me, I want to run a 5-1. Because oh, I need an yeah, Aaron Donald. Five line and one linebacker? <laughs> yeah, listen, listen. Just let me, just let me. I'm going to give you the little spill. Look. Okay. Alabama, Alabama doing it already. They put in five DBs. You got a lot of teams that go four and two, right? Oh, oh five DBs? Yeah, a lot of teams oh, going five oh, okay. defensive backs already. Okay, okay so right? okay, so yeah. so so a five one five, Dwight. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, because he threw me off with that. I was like, okay, I got you. Right, I got right. You. Yeah, yeah, so so yeah. so so you want so, an umbrella so, coverage? <laughs> I can run zone so man and everything, but but look at it like this: with five rushing the quarterback every play, somebody gonna win them one on one matchup, and it's gonna be the center if I got an Aaron Donald. And imagine what the center trying to do. He trying to call out the passing strength and which way we sliding the line. He trying to do all this. And he got to snap the ball with an Aaron Donald over top. I'm in the backfield. I'm yeah. in the backfield. I'm trying to visualize yeah. this. I'm trying and to listen, visualize this. Listen, listen. Okay, so, so I understand the front part of it. I understand that that part. Listen, listen, the, the, the linebacker got the quarterback. Now you do the math. Okay. Listen. Okay, all right. I got you. You do the math. Okay, now what? What when it comes to stopping the run, though? You take a you tell you listen, took a listen, linebacker. Listen, 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 listen. I'm talking about some Cam Chancellors. Listen, 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 listen. I'm talking about some Cam Chancellors, some Sean Taylors playing okay. the two safeties. Which see me, I'm old school. I'm the last safety to play eight man front. Me and Sean Teasy, the last of a damn breed in 2003 playing single high safety, 20 yards off the ball, eight-man front defense. So that's where the 1-5 comes from. When I got yeah, the okay. linebacker, got the quarterback, the backs, tight ends, and receivers, that's the secondary. We can zone it based upon yeah. how many come into what, what the passing strength. So say, okay, y'all in shotgun. We three receivers at least in the tight end. You got the passing strength in the boundary. You bring the receiver over. Passing strength change to the field now, right? Yeah. I got a safety, a deep middle. I got an outside linebacker, which is going to be my safety or a corner, nickel, mm -hmm. whatever, and that corner on the outside. I can run zone there by body position. As long as number three don't come out to run a flare or an out route, it's one-on-one. It's, it's -on -one. We can play zone, but treat it like, man, principles. Two come up and go past five yards, you got to take them. You got to carry them. Get underneath on some two men. All right. Well, you know what? I love. Hey, you know what? Let's save this for another show. I I gotta keep us on track. Let's save for another show. Let's stay on track. I love. I knew. I knew you were into it because you stood up. He started standing. You look like you look like Method Man. You look like Meth right there. Let's go in. We almost done in our show, man. We got to get to this next segment. This is the Jake Dub. You are getting ready into the Hokey Trivia segment. So I'm going to ask you and um. Mike, four questions. Nobody's gotten 
four all four right uh maybe at home or listen on spotify they have d'angelo hall was up here your brother he only got one so i give you the question before here we go it's segment sponsored by he, he always leave it early he always leave it early I ain't <laughs> <no>. <laughs> let me get this let me yeah let me get this though um Alexandria Restaurant Partners was built one goal in mind to be the best in the nation, not just the biggest, by achieving operational excellence, leading with integrity and transparency. They have restaurants in Orlando and the DMV, D.C. area, including uh, Mia's Italian Kitchen, the Majestic Palette 22, Aiders on the River, Touchdown Wings and Burgers, and High Tide Lounge and other restaurants. Visit AlexandriaRestaurantPartners.com. To learn more about careers, private events, and to sign up for promotional offers. So, Jay Doug, Mike, we're at the end of the show. Just about, we're going to do this hokey trivia. This is a lot of fun. Fans love this. Um, you can play along if you're watching on our YouTube channel right now or listening on Spotify. So, um, Jay Doug, I'm going to ask you first, then Mike. Um, there are three punt returners who hold the record for most punt returns in the game with 10. So three players have returned at least 10 punt returns in a Virginia Tech game. I'm going to give you guys two and the listeners two. Two of them are John Ludlow versus Virginia in 1982, and the other one is Bo Campbell versus Akron in 1989. Who is the other punt returner that played for Tech that also shares this record with 10 punt returns in the game? Is it A, Greg Stroman, B, Angelo Harrison, C, Tavion Robinson, or D, Eddie Royal? Let me know if you mean to read them again, Say C, Tavion Robinson. You're going to say C, Mike. Who you got, uh, J-Dub? Say the names again, the first two names. Greg Stroman, Angelo Harrison, Tavion Robinson, and Eddie Royal. You know the Virginia's finest. Yeah, because he old Northern Virginia... Hey, old Northern Virginia, boy. I'm gonna go with number. I'm gonna go with number two. I'm gonna go with B. Right, J Dub. First yeah. time on the show, you got your first one right. Angelo Harrison. <laughs> Again, yeah, against Clemson. against Clemson. He yeah, had 10 okay. Returns. We won thirty-seven to nothing. Mike, you won that yeah. team. You were red shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. down in Death Valley. Down in Death Valley, oh, yeah. So you know, you got to think the defense. He he had ten punt returns. We won thirty-seven to nothing. All right, Jay. Right, that sound about yeah. that sound about right because you know said that we we's deep as Mike until you start playing. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, man. Next one up. Which Virginia Tech defensive back holds the career record for most yards gained on an interception return with three hundred and fifty-one yards? So this is the all-time record in the season. Ooh, so okay. so this DB. Leads the way with 351, so they get the pick and they return it. So, oh, right. listen, listen, 350. Ooh. <laughs> I know they're gonna make this one hard. Here we go. Here we go. Is it A, Ashley Lee, B, Macho Harris, C, J. Ron Hosley, or D, D'Angelo Hall? Oh. This is the this is the all time career record for yardage after getting a pick. I gotta go with D. I gotta go with D Hall too, because D D because the yak is crazy with D. Yeah, the crazy. You know what? Like Dion. When I was putting this question together. 
because I have access. You can go online. Anybody can do it. But I go through, you know, I go in my inner nerd and I get these. And I'm like blown every time I get it because I would have yeah. thought D Hall too. Or but I thought, I thought it was. Show. It, it was, was it was it was Hosley. It was, no, he no, most, no. He had the most picks, but it wasn't him. Ashley Lee from 1980 to um, 1980 to 1984. It was nice. him, Ashley Lee, with 351 nice. I thought it was I thought it was gonna be Eric Green. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I thought no, it was no. Eric Green was gonna be All right. Eric Lee. G. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. Number three, which BTY receiver holds the career record for the best average yardage per catch with 20.1? So this receiver. Average for a career, 20 yards of reception. Is it Ooh. A, Jared Boykin, B, Marcus Davis, C, Trey Turner, or D, Ricky Scales? These are some good ones, boy. Wow. What was A? A is Jared Boykin, B is Marcus Davis, C is Trey Turner, and D is Ricky Scales. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say go Ricky Scales. I'm gonna go, gonna go Ricky Scales. You going Ricky Scales, J Dub, and yeah. um, Mike? Who you going with? I'm going Eric Boykin. Jared Boykin. All right, he was in the package for. He was for a few years. Jared Boykin yeah. had the. He, if you remember, he had the four XL or two XL gloves. Four yeah. XL. Anyway, yeah. J Dub gets another one correct. The correct answer yeah. is Ricky Scales. Yeah. Yeah. From 1972 to 1974, he averaged 20 yards per catch. Which yeah. is crazy because they weren't running the crazy. spread back then. They were just doing, you know, third and six running the ball. All right, man. Let's see if y'all can get a, 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 this last one right. This is the fourth question. Which of the following VT offensive linemen, close to my heart, were not named an All-American? So let's see if you know your O-line history. Which of them, which of these offensive linemen were not, keyword not, an All-American? Was it Jim Pine, A, B, Bill Connolly, C, Eugene Chung, or D, James Brooks? D, James Brooks. Yeah. Y'all sure about that? Okay. All right. And never heard of JB. JB? Okay. So the answer is James Brooks. <laughs> yeah. But James Brooks is, uh, he was all conference. He was my guy. He's from Newport News. He played at Denby. Oh, for real? Okay. Yeah, he's, he's from, from Denby? Yeah, he's okay, from yeah. Denby. He's from down the way, man. He blocked, yeah, he blocked, man. um, he played with Blake the Christopher and them. Um, he was during the Tyrod era, man. He uh, was a guard like me, number 68. Okay. So, um, that's another, uh, see, that's another, that's another cat. If I don't come to tech, they're not getting Tyrod Taylor, man. They're not, <laughs> listen, Tyrod Taylor, listen, people don't know. My mom went to high school with his parents, right? Rodney, you know Rodney, yep. Chicken, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Went to them. My uncles and them went to school with them. Um, when I was in, like, middle school and, and, and early in high school, Tyrod used to be in the gym, bro, throwing the ball, working working on his basketball game and stuff. Tyrod, yeah. people don't understand, Tyrod was putting that, like, individual workout with his dad Rodney. in. Yeah, bro. When we used to have basketball practice on Saturday, yeah, I heard about that. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Ty used that. to be in the gym with us, bro, throwing the football. Well, you know what, football, Jim? Bro. You know what? I think that's – and I'll say this. I'm going to bring it full circle. I think, JW, you're right, because I think what happens is when you create a pipeline and relationships, you create legacies and connections. So case in point, obviously, me, me and Mike are fam. So I recruited Mike, and then, you know, me and Mike did our thing with Marcus. 
And then you look at the fact from the Hampton high side, when I signed, there was an 11-year drought with Hampton and Tech. Then I broke open that door. Then Myron Newsom came. Then you get Dion Newsom. Then you get Walter Ford. Then you get Shelly Ellison. Then you get Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was at you you open that door for the Hampton High Crabbers. Then you know Jimmy, you guys come. You know, I know you ended at Bethel, but you at the crab for three years. So and then you got the Phoebus connection with you and DJ and the Adibi brothers. And then all of a sudden, you got Cav and uh, Steinspring hitting the south side of the peninsula. So that's what I'm trying to explain to fans when it comes to relationships. Yes, you got to get North Carolina and Florida boys, but when you take care of where a home and you get you hit the Wards, the Denbys, the Ocean Lakes, the Bethels, the Hamptons, because seven, there's a five, guy seven. the seven fives, because there's a guy right now in the NFL. I, I can I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name, but he went to Notre Dame. He was a Bethel guy, linebacker. The uh I don't know if he's Ethiopian or African, um, but he played Notre Dame. He was an all-American. He's an NFL. I know somebody listening right now is gonna put it in the comments. But he was an All-American, one of the best linebackers in the nation that year, the years at Notre Dame. And he went, he was a Bethel guy, Bethel High School. Now you look at Jimmy yeah. Williams, Chris Ellis, and James Gale, and other guys that we uh, forget about. You know, that connection that was, and Ricky, Ricky Walker. When you disconnect. And see, that person, that person you know, that you're you talking you about played, it, played, against, played against my dad. I wish my dad, I know my dad listening right now, that Bethel guy that you're talking about, you know what I'm saying, that went to Notre Dame. It's still no, like, no, he was he was younger than no 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 Jimmy he was younger than he was younger than you, not that guy. I know, no 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 I'm talking. You talking about right now or are you talking about so recent, years, years, recent years? No, in recent years, recent years, recent okay. years, okay. recent years. He was okay. younger. He's younger than you, but I'm just saying. I'm just more so reinforcing the point about the fact that you you and I talked about this years ago. We talked about this these last couple of days about your relationship with guys at other schools and how you know people talk just like um. You know, even when Tim Tim Settle and Greg Stroman, guys up in the 703 where I'm from, you know, the high school Stonewall, you know, you you see one of your brothers that may be a big brother that goes to the to the school that you're at. You're like, you know what, we up here doing our thing, come join us. So, you know, all those guys come, you know, just like you, you know. It's you always did. it's always been a big family too, because like what people don't understand was like I remember going to Mike and Ronald Curry's last last game playing each other at Darlin Stadium. And I remember that was like the first time that I seen Mike. I had been hearing about him and everything. Cause see my dad left-handed and Mike being left-handed, you know what I'm saying? When I seen him, everybody know how athletic Ron C was, right? But at the quarterback level and doing just quarterback stuff, he wasn't better than seven at it. And when I first when I first seen him and I seen him for the first time, <clears throat> he remind <clears throat> he reminded me the first time I seen uh Steve McNair, you know what I'm saying, at Alcorn State. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I've been fanning out over him ever since. And once he went to tech and I met his brother for the first time, bro, it was it, you know what I'm saying? It was meant to be, man. It always meant to be. But some cats sometimes. It ain't meant to be. Like, I remember um, when Percy Harvey came on his visit to Tech and he was fanning out, bro. He wanted to be a part of us, you know what I'm saying, bad. You know what I'm saying, like like, like, like real bad. You get what I'm saying? But at that time, with well, the I water know we needed, always said Percy. Wow. With the, with the water, we, with, with the water, what we needed, you know what I'm saying, what he needed and what we needed, 
we need to catch the star understanding. Yeah, bro, the crib. But yo, I wanted to go to Florida State. I'm a Charlie Ward kid. You get what I'm saying? Florida State offered me, I would have been, it wouldn't have been no doubt about it. I remember when Florida State told Ryan C he would have to wait two years. And then I come to think about it and I'm looking and I'm like, damn, look at Winky over here playing, you know what I'm saying, playing seven when Ryan could have went there. You see what I'm saying? That could have yeah, been Ryan yeah. versus all good. We all made it through, baby. We all made yeah, it through. We all so, yeah, but that's but that's what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is sometimes Ron C going to North Carolina, that was a big thing, bro. My dad is a Tar Hill yeah. fan. That was a big thing. Percy going to Florida doing his thing. I, I wanted that was Ron a big to go thing. To Virginia. I wanted to battle. He was gonna go. He was gonna <laughs> listen. He was listen. He was gonna go. But once Jordan showed up no. and everything on the visit, I mean, he can't turn that down, man. That's Mr. That's basketball right. and Mr. Nah, football. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. That's nil and, and, and LeBron James before LeBron that James. Like people don't it. even know. They don't even know about RC like that. They don't even yeah. understand how Ron C was the blueprint, was the first high school star cats can really like think about. You know what I'm saying? And I see yeah. it because I've my parents and his parents fought growing up on Victoria, right down the street. Victoria you know, Boulevard. Right well, down the street from Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's wrap up. This is the um last segment of the show. This is the Hokey Shout Outs. Um, everybody's gonna get a chance, man. Um Basically, the way it goes, man, pick a guy, woman, as long as they're a tech person. They don't have to be an athlete. They can be a professor, an educator, um, a mentor, somebody we want to show love to on our platform to make sure it's not always about giving people their flowers when they're dead and gone. But right now, you know, he, whether they're dead and gone or they're alive, we want to make sure they're recognized. So, J-Dub, I, you know, when I was prepping you for the show, I told you we're going to do hokey shout-outs, man. So, as we always say, Aaron Rouse made this rule. He made us have this rule because Aaron Rouse, as a politician, went ham. Keep it to one first. You can do a no, cool no, whatever. Two go. You can do two. You can do two. We're yeah, not trying like to make it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you nah, do two. Nah, nah, ahead, nah, nah, nah. On it, on it. <laughs> Yo, shout, go ahead. shout out to Aaron Rouse, man. Shout out to Aaron Rouse, in the consumer studies department, I, oh, this is like my second mom. This is my second mom, you know what I'm saying? I got to kiss her and hug her on Monday. And, you know, uh, words can't express. And two, I want to tell Coach Beamer sorry and tell him thank you. Yeah, yeah. Ain't too many cats That's come it. in my house. Ain't too many cats come in my house and offer me anything. So, shouts out to Coach B. It's all love, baby. Yeah, Bima's a great man. He's a great man, man, and I, I'm I'm sure he's gonna see this or hear about this, man. So you know, great, great shout outs, man. Um, Cuz, who you got, man? Man, you know what? I'm gonna shout out, man. We just mentioned him. I'm gonna shout out Tyrod, man. Like, mm. bro, and sometimes we forget about Tyrod and what you know, he did for Tech. It was a long lineage of quarterbacks, man. Start with myself. I got to give Jim, Al, me, and B. Brian Randall, um, my brother, and then Ty Rock. You know, um, I, I just think uh, Ty was one of those guys who, you know, symbolized, like, what it was really about to be a Hokie. And, uh, you know, to go on and have a great career in the NFL, still playing, um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I look at my son, I want my son to be like Ty Rock Taylor, man. And, uh, 
you know, it was a great Hokie, great quarterback. And so I'm shouting out our quarterbacks this this whole month, man. So st- shout out to Tyrod. Yes. Yeah, man. Shout out to the crowd, man. Yeah, man. And I want to shout out – I want to shout out Jim Drunken Miller, man. You know, um, Mike and I, you, you, we will have our separate uh, Instagram accounts, but then we have the Vic 757 show that you and I share. And, you know, we, we I get on there and I post stuff, you know, and, and share stuff. And, um, you know, I go back and look at tape, man. And, you know, the older you get, the more you appreciate somebody. And, you know, given our era, we were kind of coming along when the internet was starting to get popping. And, and now – Everything is digital. So, you know, a lot of times youngins feel like if they can't see it, they can't believe it. And Jim Drunken Miller, man, you know, as you mentioned, Mike, earlier in the show. Um, 49er, 49er. He set the tone. He set the tone. He set the tone. He was a leader. He was a winner. Um, He was also a guy that had to ground. People don't remember. And I'm just going to say it on the record on our platform. Um, We don't always see as fans and observers the work that all three of us put in on those late nights and early mornings. And Jim Drunkenmiller had to earn his spot because Bustle was considering going with Al Clark, but Al Clark got hurt in the spring. I believe he was running the option. And Jim took over, man, in that spring, kind of transitioning to the fall, and he never looked back. And, yeah. you know, he had one of the biggest wins in Virginia Tech football history, um, and we won the Sugar Bowl. And then the following year, we came back and won the conference again. And we played Nebraska, who when they were the two-time defending national champion. So Jim Drunkle is an all-time great. And then I'm going to end this show with this. Jimmy, I said this to you earlier. I'm going to shout you out because I know you've been low-key. You know, you're talking about being undercover and bond. And, you know, and yeah. I remember I remember when you were at Tech, you were youngin', you and Marcus. I came over to check over you and you and him at Cochran. And y'all were, you know, getting ready to go out. And I said, hey, this is Big Brud talking to you and Mark. I said, be smart out here. Y'all are like, all right, yo, Dwight, we got you. We got you. You know, and I remember it took me back to when I was young. But I've known you for a long time. And you were always one of my favorite players because you played the game like your life depended on it. And I know you've gone through some highs and lows. But at the same time, to see you on this platform with us is special for me, man, because I see the maturation process. And I see where your heart is at. And I see what you want to do for people. And God's going to bless you for that. So I appreciate Sir. you jumping on, man. This has been, that's why I want to shout you out, man. So appreciate it, man. Don't let me Good forget man. You, Jimmy, all man. the, yeah, two, yeah, seven, all the Hokie fans, all the 757 fans, 804, Virginia, DMV, all my Florida boys down there, Maryland, you know what I'm saying? Just know for the fans and everybody, when them lights came on, man, I did it for y'all. That's who I did yeah. it for. Yeah, no doubt. I was did. trying to be, re- yeah. I was trying to be remembered. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want you to Legacy. cut the TV off and be like number two, Jimmy Williams. I just that that that's who I did it for. Yeah, you did. Okay. You did. You did it. You did it in two. You did it when y'all beat Miami to win the conference. You did it at Maryland. When y'all smoked him and Marcus rushed for 146 yards, you did it against everybody. You did it against Maryland. And um, I, I love you, dog. So we appreciate you, man. Appreciate Okies. you, man. Thank you. Okies. Thank you, 12, 12, Thank 12, you. 30, Thank Georgia you. Tech. We home against Georgia Tech. To the players at Tech, man, get this W, man. The season's not over, man. And like we say every episode, man, go Hokies. Go, go Hokies. Hokies, man. Go Hokies.